It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kicking down the cobblestones. Looking for fun and feeling Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. For any new listeners out there, this program is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness, the company I work for. My name is Cassie Wienis. I'm a registered and licensed dietitian. But even more importantly, I'm the mom of two kids who are working pretty hard to make it on Santa's nice list this year. And I sure appreciate that as their mom. So good morning to Riley, my six-year-old, who I know is listening back home, and Rissy, my four-year-old. And good morning to all of our listeners. We have a great show planned this morning, one that I'm certain will be life-changing for many of you. Today's topic is asthma. And for much of the hour, we're going to be dissecting what foods can lead to asthma flare-ups. And on the, on the other end of the spectrum, we're going to look at what foods can help to downplay asthma or help prevent the flare-ups from occurring. And in studio to help me dole out this information today is Leah Wetzel, Leah is a licensed nutritionist who sees clients at both our St. Paul and Wyzetta offices. She also teaches a lot of classes for us, and most exciting of all, she's a world traveler. (laughs) So welcome back to the States, Leah. Thanks, Cassie. Now, tell the listeners which country you just returned from. So I was in Thailand for about three weeks, and it was a really, really great trip. Ate a lot of really good food. Yes, yes. I was really surprised about, well, for one, um, a lot of the people there, I mean, you didn't see a lot of overweight people. They're very, they're very active um, in their daily lives and also reflecting on types of foods that they were choosing to eat. Fresh foods. Fresh. Lots yeah. of fresh vegetables, lots of fresh fruits, and portion sizes. So we go to sit down to eat a meal, very fresh food, plus appropriate portion sizes. I didn't have oh. to take home leftovers. Interesting. Because it was, it was the right amount of balance. Yeah. Yeah. We've gotten so... Yeah, out of whack here in terms of our portion sizes. And you know what? I bet their asthma rates are lower. They are. Yep, I looked that up. Isn't that... Yeah, they, a lot of coconut. Like I had a lot of curries with coconut milk, and yeah. you know, right amount of protein. You're getting a really good chicken and, and rice lots of and veggies. Yes, and lots of veggies. And after the meal, like you just, my husband and I were talking about this. How you just felt satisfied and not overfull, not overstuffed, but the right amount of food. So, yeah, oh, it was great. I want to go. Great. You should. I highly yes. recommend it. <laughs> yes, except for the flooding that you encountered. Oh, it yeah. all sounds great. Yeah, and, and that's kind of, that's cleared up now, but yep. Oh, yeah. fun. Well, you know, I'm, I'm sure that a reason why they have lower asthma rates there, in part at least, is the foods that they're eating, yes. like you're mentioning. And that's what we're going to be talking about today is how do the foods we eat affect asthma But before we dive into that food piece, I want to make sure all of the listeners understand exactly what asthma is. Yes. Yes. And so for myself, you know, I I think I have a lot to add to this because I personally have dealt with asthma. So I want to explain it to um, the listeners. I'm probably one of the best people to do that around nutrition, weight and wellness. Um, So basically, asthma is a condition in your lungs that really has two main components. First, The muscles surrounding your airways constrict and tighten. Second, the airways become inflamed. So this constriction and inflammation causes the narrowing of the airways, which can result in difficult 
and breathing and leading to coughing, wheezing, and sometimes really tightness of chest. I hear that a lot, people say. And I know mm-hmm. that feeling where your chest just feels really, really tight. Yeah. Which I'm sure would make it hard to take a deep breath. It, yep. And when you have asthma and you're exposed to a trigger, the airways to the lungs become more inflamed and more constricted than usual, and this causes your asthma to flare. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I just wanted to take a few minutes and share my story. Yes, it's about, a good one. Yeah, it's, yeah, I was sharing it with you earlier today, yeah. yes. So I started having problems with breathing right around 19 at that time in my life, I really didn't take care of myself. I, you Which know, is hard for yeah. me to imagine. I was telling you that in the break room. Yeah. I had no idea you yeah. were so unhealthy at one point. I was no. very, very unhealthy. I only ate processed food. Yeah. That's all I ate. Uh, my beverage of choice was either fruit juice. I drink a lot of fruit juice or soda. Yeah. I hardly drank any water. Um, and I wasn't very good at, you know, taking care of myself as far as exercise or sleep. I hardly slept. And I remember it was like shortly after Christmas that year that I started noticing issues with my breathing. Mm -hmm. I really couldn't take a deep breath. And the tightness of my chest, which I thought was strange. Yeah. It was a new thing that's kind of started to set in, and I ignored it. Yes, <laughs> I of ignored, course. I ignored it until about springtime where I couldn't ignore it anymore. It really became a problem. And so then I went into the doctor. And, you know, at the same time, too, I, I struggled with seasonal allergies. So those were flaring up at the yep. same time. And I was diagnosed with asthma. And I was put on several medications. I was on Advair for a long time. Um, And then the rescue inhaler, albuterol, which a lot of people with asthma are familiar with. Um, So I would use that in emergency circumstances, which um, became quite an issue. More and more. More and more. Yeah. So over the next few years, my asthma progressively got worse. And so I was having to, on and off of steroids. I was on a lot of prednisone and using my rescue inhaler daily, if not uh. several times a day. And I really, I really was miserable yep. um, with that. Anything would kind of cause a flare up, you know, cold induced exercise. You know, I was trying to do a little bit of exercise, exercise induced mm-hmm. allergies, any sort of allergy that I would come across would just cause a really bad flare up. Yeah. And so, you know, I was pretty young still. Yeah. Yeah. And I decided my New Year's resolution of 2003 was to get healthy. Awesome. I decided that I was going to take that year and figure out how I could improve my health. And I learned a lot, which was great. I cut out the processed food, started eating real, you know, fruits and vegetables and proteins. I didn't know a lot about fat at that point, but um, I was doing what I thought was a a good thing. And I lost 50 pounds. Amazing. Yeah, it was great. I really felt good about myself. Mm -hmm. And I was feeling better for the most part. Um, I had a little improvement with my asthma, but not a lot. It still was (gasps) a problem. And so um, I really didn't figure that out for a while. So I, I maintained that weight loss, and really nutrition became a passion of mine because of you know what I experienced and how it helped me lose the weight and feel a lot better. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I decided that I was going to become a nutritionist, and I started cool. working at Nutritional Weight and Wellness. And at that point, um, which I, I'm sure you have to sit down with Dar and you kind of get your yeah. little nutritional analysis. and For free. Yeah, for free. <laughs> That's one of our benefits. <laughs> That's one of our benefits. And yeah. she just, I mean, she just knew right away what that connection was. She just said, because that was my main 
reason for sitting down with her to get to the root cause of my asthma. And she goes, you have a gluten intolerance. And I was just like, I mean, really like the took fl- you off guard. Yeah, probably it did. It really did. And so I, you know, I took her advice to get off gluten and I noticed a significant improvement in my asthma. It was night and day. Didn't you say like within 24 hours you noticed a difference? Yep, I did. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That is. Yep. So I went from using my rescue inhaler daily. This time I was still doing that. Yeah. To now I would say it's five years. It's been five years. Now maybe once a year. Oh my gosh. If. I Like I forget about my, you know, rescue inhaler. Yeah. Yeah. That is so cool. Yes. That's right. And you and I started kind of the same time when you said five years. Yep. I, I thought of that. I do remember we did. meeting you in the Nutritional Weight and Wellness yeah. series of yeah. classes. Yep. But at that time, you probably didn't quite have it figured out I yet was working then. on it, but okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. But you hadn't sat down with Dar. It wasn't until I started working here that I got the gluten connection to my yeah. asthma. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, um, we're going to talk more about that gluten connection but your story, I'm still just kind of flabbergasted and, and thinking how lucky, and I think this about myself and my family a lot, a lot, how lucky are we that we found nutritional weight and wellness? You know, yeah. and in your case, think about with the asthma, mm-hmm. especially, well, part of it was your New Year's resolution to get healthy. If yes. you hadn't lost that weight that was and part made of that it. big mm-hmm. change and then also found DAR and got the gluten out, you'd be feeling really yucky these days and, and probably still on and off the steroids. So. Oh, yep. For sure. Yeah. No question about it. So, yeah, I think it's right about time for a break. I think it is, too, as I crank my neck to <laughs> at the clock up there. So time for our first break. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Before we break, I want to give you a question to ponder. Why have food allergies risen so dramatically over the past decades? Leah talked about discovering her gluten sensitivity, or you could call it an allergy. Um, our family struggles with some allergies. This question bears consideration as we delve further into our topic of asthma this morning because kids and adults alike with asthma have a significantly increased chance of having one or more food allergies compared to people who don't have asthma. So why so many food allergies? The answer is multifaceted, I am sure, but when we return, Leah is going to give you her take on at least one piece of the puzzle. So stay with us, and if you'd like to join our conversation today, call us here at the studio at 651-641-1071. We'll be right back. Dishing Up Nutrition has listeners in San Francisco, Miami, International Falls, and Billings, Montana. Whether you live in the Twin Cities or across the country, nutritional guidance is as close as your phone. Nutritional Weight and Wellness offers phone consultations for people at a distance or too busy for office appointments. Would you like to increase your energy, lower cholesterol, or resolve digestive problems? Here's how phone consultations work. First, complete a health history. Next, discuss your health goals with a nutritionist. Then she creates an eating plan for your biochemistry and lifestyle. You make the time, and Nutritional Weight and Wellness provides the plan and support. Make the call from the privacy of your home or office and get nutrition expertise from the people you trust. For information, call Nutritional Weight and Wellness at 651-699-3438. Outside the Twin Cities, call 888-805-8954, toll free. Or go to weightandwellness.com.
Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. I am Leah Wetzel, licensed nutritionist, and I'm here today with Cassie Wienus, registered and licensed dietitian. And today we're talking mainly about foods that can help that can trigger asthma flare-ups and what foods can help to heal asthma. Now, before we went on break, Cassie mentioned that people with asthma have a greater likelihood of having one or more food allergy. And Cassie posed the question, why has this prevalence of food allergies increased so dramatically over the past two decades? Well, probably one is just not, there's probably just not one answer to that question. (laughs) But I really believe that a piece to that puzzle is the link to the creation of genetically modified crops or organisms, more commonly known as GMOs. Mm Yes. The I wonder if Thailand has GMOs. I don't think so. I don't think so. No. Other countries let GMOs in. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> the first GMOs found their way into the U.S. supermarket shelves around 1994, which isn't that long ago Mm-mm. if you think about no. the, the history of things. And I find it interesting that peanut allergies doubled between 1997 and 2004, right around the time when GMOs were inundated in the supermarket. That is interesting to think about that link between the introduction of the GMOs and then those peanut allergies when they really jumped. Yes. There's also some research that I found in doing research for the show this morning linking genetically modified foods with allergic lung damage in mice and the creation of specific food allergies in these mice as well. So there is some research on this piece. Yep, yep. Well, we have a caller today. Yay. All right. Thanks for calling Dish and Nutrition. Tress, do you have a question about asthma? I did. I wanted to know if you've already made the gluten connection, the dairy connection. What can you do if you still have um, flare-ups during exercise and or when you're around animals? If there are some preventative things that can be done. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of things that you can look at which we'll kind of touch on a little bit later in the show. Um, You know, things that really help me, uh, central fatty acids, very key component. Omega-3s, making sure that you're getting either enough in your diet, or if you're not, making sure you're supplementing with enough. And I'll share a little bit later on um, what I think appropriate doses are for a person with asthma. Also, um, omega-6 in the form of GLA, I think that is a key component to help reduce inflammation internally, um, making sure that you have uh, you know, a good level of vitamin D. Um, so making sure that you've had your levels tested, and if you are deficient, that um, you supplement with it, especially this time of the year, uh, and keeping yourself well hydrated. That's huge. That is a great question. Thanks, Tress. Mm-hmm. And we will... Um, and hopefully she hangs up and, and she's listening listening right now because Leah kind of gave you the, the skinny on that. But we're going to get more in depth because that's exactly something yeah. we were discussing in the break room this morning is what else besides getting the gluten and the dairy out has really helped Leah control her asthma. And so we're going to talk about dosages of omega-3s, GLA, and vitamin D. Those are crucial for most people with yes. asthma. So is that our last caller for now? Yep. We're going to get back into this topic And, you know, Leah mentioned that gluten connection, and that is a trigger for many people, not all, but many people Mm -hmm. with asthma. And we're going to talk more about gluten as we get into things. But first, I'd like to start when we talk about what can cause an asthma flare. I want to start by talking about sugar and processed carbs, because these are two triggers that will affect most all people with asthma, at least to some degree. So 
let's start with those processed carbs because they're going to turn into sugar very quickly in our body. Yes. Things like granola bars, cold cereal. And we know sugar causes inflammation, right? Mm-hmm. So if asthma is your Achilles heel, so to speak, then the sugar from the processed carbs will worsen the inflammation in your airways, and this will lead to an asthma flare-up. Yes, and I know, you know, when I shared my story, all I lived on was processed carbs, so I was getting in a lot of sugar. You were, like, fueling the fire. Oh, I totally was. (laughs) It was. I totally was. And for some of our new listeners who may have not known exactly what we mean by processed carbs, we're talking about anything that comes out of a processed plant Really? Right. You know, what I like to tell my clients is that if you can theoretically grow it in your garden or pick it from a tree, it's a real carbohydrate. Mm -hmm. You know, think about broccoli or asparagus or strawberries or apples. Those are real carbohydrates. But if it comes from a processing plant, it's a processed carbohydrate. Yes. So you gave the example of like granola bars. One thing that I lived on is cereal. I love cereal. Typical American breakfast. So breakfast cereals are sugar. They break Mm -hmm. down internally as sugar. Breads, pretzels, potato chips are all processed carbohydrates that can cause an asthma to flare up. And I know you know this, Leah, but I'm betting there are some listeners that don't. Let's think about that typical American breakfast of cold cereal in the morning. Yes. You know, whether it's tricks that we can look at the package and see it's junky or whether it's raisin bran or smart start, it all turns to a lot of sugar. And then if you top that with skim milk and there's milk sugar in there, maybe you have a small glass of juice on the side and a piece of toast. That typical American breakfast of cereal, toast, and juice turns into about 28 wow. teaspoons of sugar. That in your is body. a ton. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And, and we talk about this a lot in classes, and we even show examples of how much sugar that really is, yeah. and people are shocked. Yeah. It really is a lot. And all of those processed carbohydrates, then, you know, and then adding the skim milk. On top of it. Yeah. You know, there's no sugar added, but milk by its nature has milk sugar in pretty high amounts. So, yeah, Yeah, which is a lot. Yeah, exactly what you said in the form of like lactose and it's, you know, inundating your body with gobs and gobs of sugar. Mm -hmm. And I think this morning, one of our mantras should be sugar causes inflammation. Yes. Yes. I totally agree with that. And this is probably a new thought for some of our, our new listeners. Especially, um, you know, when we're looking at things like processed carbohydrates, you know, turning into sugar, especially if it listens very long. I mean, this is the key component to internal inflammation. And to wrap your mind around this concept, I want you to to do something. We have a good formula that we, we share a lot, and that is carbohydrates. So you take four grams of carbohydrates. That turns into a teaspoon of sugar internally, like blood sugar or glucose. So basically the carbs in the cold cereals, the bagels, the pastas will turn into lots of sugar and cause inflammation the same way uh, like straight sugar would. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, and when I'm teaching classes, oftentimes I'll use a bagel as an example. Yes, I think a lot of people still, well, a lot of people still think that's a healthy Choice, you know, and maybe if it's a little bagel, it's not so bad, but the typical American size bagel is huge. So if you visualize a bagel the size like you would get maybe at Starbucks or Panera Bread, 
that American-sized bagel on average is about 57 grams of carbs. So to do the math, as Leah was explaining, you take that 57 grams of carbs, divide by four, and you get 14 and a quarter teaspoons of sugar in your bloodstream pretty rapidly from that bagel. Yes, and that's, that is incredible. And if you're like me, I mean, on top of that, there's gluten in bagels. Yeah, and double whammy. Double whammy for me <laughs> and for sure going to lead to an asthma attack. Yep. And, you know, we can't forget the obvious sugar-containing items that mm-hmm. will cause flare-ups for many people with asthma. Yeah, and is it any wonder that many people with asthma seem to worsen around the holidays? Mm-hmm. Like I, like I, you know, like we were sharing, like yeah. it was right after Christmas that is when I really started to notice issues going on with my. Well, yeah. I wasn't diagnosed at the time, but my what it was asthma, was and I know, bad. I know, I was Christmas cookies galore. You know, I know I had lots of sugar around that Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the Christmas cookies, the pecan pie, the eggnog, you know, which also has alcohol. Sugar everywhere this time of year. Right. You know, yeah, right. And you mentioned um, eggnog. You know, certainly the cakes, the cookies, I think people get that, that that's full of sugar. But the eggnog, the alcohol, we can't forget that what we drink has an effect on our asthma as well. Right, right. And keep in mind that a glass of holiday cheer can range from four to eight teaspoons of sugar. And that's if you're just stopping with one. And yeah, not a lot of people, you know, not, do that. I could, but not a lot of people no. I know could stop at just one. No, not the holiday party. No. Is I- it? Nope. And nope. And um, if soda is your choice of beverage, oh, good point. Yes. Next time you grab that, you know, twenty ounce bottle of Coke. Keep in mind that that's right around seventeen teaspoons of sugar in your bloodstream. Yuck. <laughs> Liquid candy. No kidding. Okay, we're going to take our second break here. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Today, if you're just joining us, we're talking all things asthma. So if you have questions or comments on this topic, please give us a call at the studio, 651-641-1071. And if there are any listeners out there who still are not done with their holiday shopping, like me, (laughs) Me stay with us. Me and Leah. Stay with us, because Leah has a couple of great last-minute gift ideas to share. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you're just joining us, we're talking about asthma today. I am Leah, and I'm in the studio this morning with Cassie, and we are nutritionists at Nutritional Weight and Wellness. And before we get back into the topic about asthma, I'd like to offer a little help to any of those last-minute shoppers like Cassie and us. (laughs) Why not give the gift of health? We have already... Had so many shoppers come in and buy gift certificates for Christmas, which I think is a great idea. You know, we offer um, gift certificates for initial consultations, or even you can use those gift certificates, too, for classes yep. that we offer. Um, lots of different options with that, too, at Nutritional Weight and Wellness. And if you like to stop in the office today in St. Paul, it, it's open until 5 p.m. Yep. And the ladies there are great, and they would love to help you get a gift certificate if you're interested in that. Um, if you have somebody on your holiday shopping list that has some chronic health condition with you know, maybe like high cholesterol or diabetes or any specific health issue that, you know, an individual consultation at one of our four locations would be a meaningful gift for this holiday year. 
Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, if you don't want to quite spend that much, because that's right around for initial consultation, $250. Yep. We have a special promotion going on on our website right now where you can purchase a $100 gift certificate for just $75. Nice. That's a really great deal. $25 off. Mm -hmm. That's great. And the person that you give the gift to can use it, you know, towards part of the consultation or any of our classes. classes. That was, yep. That it just can't be used for products, but yep. yep, part of a consult or or a great class. You know, that's a great gift idea, Leah. Um, I love that thought of giving the gift of great health. I am giving to my sister in law this year um, some bifido and some acidophilus because of her digestive problems. So to give supplements too, I mean, people, yes, you know, nobody else probably is going to give them that, and I think they would be very appreciative. I know my sister in law will. So if you have any questions on this or if you're interested in purchasing a gift certificate, you can call our office today at 651-699-3438. Or to purchase that $100 gift certificate for just $75, you can do that right on the website at weightandwellness.com. And one other quick idea I have, because I just got done at the chiropractor (laughs) yesterday. I've been going regularly since, since my car accident. And I was thinking to myself, you know, this would be a great gift for somebody. I think we all could use adjustments. Oh, yeah. Mm Because I feel 110% better even than I did before the car accident because I was starting to get a lot of muscle tightness. So maybe a gift certificate from your from a good chiropractor to somebody that you love. And I just want to give a shout out to Buffy Chiropractic in Rockford that is just doing wonders for me right now. Great. Well, we have a caller. Oh, good. All right. Kathy, thanks for calling Dishing Up Nutrition. You have a question about sugar drinks? Yeah, about juice. Oh, yes. Yeah, um, juice, you say it has a lot of carbs, and car- uh, but juice there, everyone says, oh, it's good for you. And um, I'm wondering, so now should I quit drinking fruit juice, like um, orange juice, apple juice, grape juice? Yes, I would say yes. That yes. was that was one thing that I thought I was doing a really good thing by drinking juice because you hear a lot as, as a healthy alternative maybe to soda, um, but but it, it's just good marketing. It really, really is just good marketing because uh, when you when you consume it, your body doesn't know a difference between that or soda. It, it's still a lot of sugar. It breaks down into a lot of sugar um, in your body, um, and it's just it causes a lot of inflammation. Yep. What about eating the fruit? Then? Better idea to eat. So instead of the orange juice, why don't you have like an orange? Yep. Because visualize this, just one eight ounce glass of orange juice, it takes about six oranges to make that. So I think that helps you wrap your head around how much sugar can really be in just a small glass of juice. But drink water and eat the orange. That's a great, great okay. scenario. Thank great question. Right. Thank you. Thank you for calling. Okay. So we're we're clear on callers for now. Yes. Right? Yep. Okay. So, yeah, you know, that was a great question. And when you you were talking about the pop before we went to break and how yes. a 20-ounce soda turns to about 17 teaspoons of sugar. Yes. Well, 20 ounces of orange juice turns to 16 teaspoons of sugar. Yes. Not much that difference. That is a great so point. That was, yeah, I'm glad she, she called in with that question. So we've talked about the processed carbs not being good. Too much sugar, mm-hmm. it, whether it's in the form of juice or cake and cookies, is not good. I want to jump a little bit into this gluten connection because I'm sure this is a new thought for some people. And if you're not eating gluten-free, it's probably sort of a confusing venture to start to think about. So, Leah, why don't you tell the listeners, since you are gluten-free because of your asthma, 
what is gluten and yeah. and what happens to you when you eat it? Sure, yeah. Uh, gluten is a protein that's found in uh, like wheat, bar- barley, rye, oats, spelt, kamut. Um, yep. And foods that you find gluten in often are like pastas, breads, cookies, crackers, breakfast cereals. Even, you know, you got to be careful with some sauce, like some barbecue sauces. Um, right. I mean, there's a lot of hidden gluten in you know, a lot of, a lot of processed processed food. food. The key is it's a lot. You found a lot in the processed foods. For me, when I eat gluten, um, like I talked about, I had an underlying gluten intolerance. I didn't yeah. have a lot of GI stuff going on. Yeah, it wasn't. You know, so I was really surprised that I would have an issue with food if I wasn't having a lot of reactions. And you know, mm-hmm. in that sense, um, but when I eat gluten, my asthma flares up. Uh huh. Um, so that was a direct correlation, so you, and I've I've noticed that connection. You feel the shortness of breath. Yeah, you were my sit chest down feels and, tight. Yeah, yep, yeah. I can't take a deep breath. You okay. know, it's it's very clear in that sense for me. Yep. So so think about that because some of you out there probably have that same trigger. You know, and we know, Leah, that you're not the only one who's discovered the gluten connection to asthma. We've helped a lot of clients over the years at Nutritional Weight and Wellness control their asthma, get off their medication by getting off of the gluten. Yes, we have. And, you know, to support exactly what you're saying, Cassie, I have an excerpt from a really, really good book called The Gluten Connection. This book is written by Dr. Sherry Lieberman, and she's a PhD CNS, and she's a widely respected clinical nutritionist. Um, An expert from her her book um, identifying and treating um, gluten sensitivities in, in case studies uh, you know, relating to um, gluten. And she was able to fix a variety of different health problems by removing gluten, you know, having clients remove gluten from their diet. And the case study that I'm going to talk about um, is relating to gluten. One of her patients had um, issues with asthma with gluten. Right. And so Joan is, is the name of, of the, the patient. Joan suffers from asthma her entire life. She asked her doctor to test for food allergies, but the doctor declined. He said that um, she was allergic to so many different things and that really didn't matter um, by eliminating certain foods. It really wouldn't make a difference for her. Uh, she didn't quite buy that. So, you know, she took matters into her own hand and she went on uh, Dr. Lieberman's program, which is a gluten free elimination diet and her asthma disappeared in less than four months she has been without symptoms and without asthma medications now for more than a year even during spring and fall when the pollen that you know, she had allergies you know so that used to have the seasonal flare-ups um would happen she yeah. wouldn't get the asthma and i i totally can relate yeah, it to that. really sounds like your story doesn't it except that you you cleared up a little bit quicker. You were kind of an overnight, felt a it, big difference anyway. Yeah, I was very in tune to, I you know, already was yes. on the health path. And so, I, I mean, I noticed that change. And you already made a lot of other mm-hmm. good changes I as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, I know. And, you know, I want those listeners that have asthma to think of, you know, maybe this as a possible possibility to maybe look into 
I know we started talking about gluten-free diets, um, and many people maybe had some anxiety over eliminating some of their favorite foods. But if your, you know, asthma flare-ups disappear, like mine did, right. you know, I, you know, I really think that the gluten-free might be worth giving a shot. And I don't miss, I don't miss the gluten. Once it's all. gone, yeah. the cravings for it go away. Yeah, they do. I can attest to that, too, from personal experience. Yeah. Can you believe we are up against our last break? I can't believe The time just time. flies. Oh. <laughs> Sadly. So um, do stay with us, though, because when we return, Leah and I are going to give you a couple of healthy holiday treat ideas that you can make the hol- during the holiday season or bring to an upcoming gathering, and they're not going to cause your asthma to flare up. So stay yes. tuned, and we'll be right back. Welcome back. Before we wrap up the asthma topic today, I'd like to share with you some simple, a simple recipe that I like to make this time of the year um, that really is a nice little treat that doesn't cause my asthma to flare up. Um, I do What I do is, you know, I do this maybe, I don't know, a couple times a week yep. for a nice little treat around bedtime is I take like a half a pear, I throw it into a pan and cook it up with a little bit of butter. So you slice it up, right? Slice I've it. I've done yep. this too. Yeah. Sliced pears, warm sliced pears, mm-hmm. delicious. And so I cook it up and I throw you know, maybe a few pecans in there just to warm them yeah. up a little bit. And I put that in a bowl and then I put a couple of tablespoons of coconut milk. No. Instead of doing cream, I, you know, I really like to use a lot more coconut. So I use coconut milk, a couple of tablespoons of that, and some cinnamon. And mm. it's delish. Num. It's and really good. fast and easy. Very yeah. fast. I've done that at our house too for the kids and they, they think it's dessert. Yeah. So that's a great idea. Um, and a simple indulgence that I like to make around this time of the year, and I actually just did this and sent it with my kids last weekend when they celebrated Christmas at Grandma and Grandpa Weenus's. I just <laughs> take some strawberries, you know, and then they think they're getting a treat here, but they're getting something healthy. Take some strawberries and dip them in dark chocolate. Oh, so, nice. Yeah, I, I melt some dark chocolate in a double boiler. I always look for 70% cocoa or greater. Wash up the strawberries, leave the stems and leaves on. It just looks prettier. And just dip about a... Th- the bottom third of those strawberries into the chocolate, lay them out on wax paper until it hardens, and you have a really nice looking snack that is like a treat with that dark chocolate on it. Nice. And you know, and another great tip, you know, if you have a lot of holiday gatherings that you're looking to attend and want to make sure that you have some foods that you, you can participate that you in can eat, eat too. that you can eat too. We talk about that a lot. Yeah. Um, a homemade dip that you know you can oh, make yeah. a there's a lot of great simple recipes. Um, and you offered a, a great simple recipe in your last e newsletter that's relating right. to this topic. Topic. Yeah, that's right. If if you guys got that are listening got our last e newsletter, it went out on Tuesday, and I wrote an article called called um, what was it called? Causes and cures for asthma flare ups during the holidays, and I put a link there to a homemade dip recipe that's really simple, yes, really delicious. It's called Little Dippers. So if you got your e newsletter, you know what I'm talking about. Otherwise, you can go to weightandwellness.com and just click on articles, and it's the newest article that's been posted right at the top. So you could bring that to your next Christmas party with some veggies, yep. and there you go. Yep, cut up veggies. Nom, nom, great. Okay, so where we're back. Were so before we? break, we are talking about um, gluten free, right? And you know how you know it, it, 
the, that word for some people causes a lot of anxiety. Uh, it did like, for me when I first yeah, found out too. I had to go gluten-free. Me too. It wasn't, it wasn't um, just an overnight, oh, this is easy, this right. is simple. Um, but re- really helped me and what I, what I share with a lot of my clients who I feel, you know, that really need to do this and to, to do the gluten-free elimination diet is to keep it simple. Right. That really helps to keep your anxiety level over this at bay. And um, if you decide to go gluten-free, simply you know, shopping the perim- perimeter of the grocery stores, which we both do, right? Right. Yeah. Really is the best choice. That is a great way to start. And I often share that with my clients too, Leah, that mm-hmm. um, you know, if, you, if you're going to try gluten-free, for the first four weeks or so, just shop the perimeter of the grocery store because... That's where you'll find the vegetables, the fruits, the meats, all of which are naturally gluten-free. Yes, that's right. Um, And with the elimination of gluten-free diet, we tell our clients, you know, give it at least four to six weeks before you decide whether or not this is like helping your asthma. Um, Some people feel better in a couple days, one to two days. But clinically, what we find is that some people have to give their body some time to heal. You know, four to six weeks is a good time frame, you know, to really get that connection. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, Leah, in the break room this morning before the show, you started um, or you were mentioning to me that too much dairy seems to cause your asthma to worsen, too. Yes, I also also have a dairy intolerance um, as well. So I really stay away from um, dairy products for the most part. I do do butter and and on occasion do some heavy cream. Uh, But I do a lot more um, with cooking with coconut oil. Um, a good expelled pressed coconut oil. I, I Wonderful. love, which is so healthy. And this yes. time of the year, it's great to use because it's antiviral yes. and antibacterial. But you know, I just wanted to throw that out there. I wanted to make sure we mentioned that because I want people to start thinking about that. I have seen it in clinical practice many times that somebody with asthma has that dairy sensitivity. Yes. So not everybody with asthma, but a lot of people with asthma and a lot of kids with asthma do, do have mm-hmm. a dairy sensitivity. It, my hope was that we'd have more time to sort of delve into that topic and give you some great ideas. Time is running short. So yeah. we might save it for another show because before we get to the end of the hour, We promised that listener we would talk more about supplements. And I know, Leah, that you feel passionate about this because the supplements have been a big piece of the puzzle in curing your asthma. Yes, yes. So the the few that I mentioned earlier, um, I noticed a significant difference when I included the essential fatty acids. Um, What I'm referring to is omega-3 fish oil. Right. Fish oil is very important. Um, And also uh, GLA. That's the other omega, that's omega-6. And that's the other essential fatty acid. The two of them together have been shown clinically, and there's been a lot of studies on them, to right. help reduce asthma inflammation. And you've experienced it. So I have. nothing speaks louder than I that. I have. And how many milligrams of omega-3s works for you? For me, I take 4,000 milligrams a day. You know, and I've been more and more, when I started here five years ago, a, a starting point for a lot of my clients that I would put them on was 3,000. Mm-hmm. I've been doing a lot more 4,000. It just seems to be a better starting place, whether your condition is asthma or arthritis yes. or high cholesterol. Yes. So that's interesting that that's what's working for you. Yeah. I think 3,000 milligrams is great for preventative measures. But what I found, and I've read a lot of studies too about this, is that 
if you're dealing with some sort of chronic inflammation, you have to go above that marker in order to help reduce that inflammation. In order to, yes. to start putting out the fire. Yes, oh, exactly. Exactly. And so for the GLA, yep. um, I take 800 milligrams a day of that. That's So with our capsules, because ours are 200, 200 milligrams, so you're doing four. Yeah, I do four okay. and four. Okay, because we it's a thousand milligrams. What what with um, the type of fish oil that we have, it's a thousand milligrams per soft gel. So I do four and four. And I I knew those. I was well aware of those omega threes, GLA for any client that comes into my office with asthma. But the vitamin D, I didn't know. I yes. just learned that from you. Yeah. This so morning. I I am suspect um, that at one point in my life I had a deficiency in vitamin D because eighty percent of Minnesotans yes. do. Yes, exactly. Uh, and so um, when I started researching more about vitamin D, I decided that it would be a good thing for me to include. Uh, this time of the year, right now, I usually do four to five thousand. I use. Okay. Um, and so that's a good amount, you know, to support and maybe increase level of vitamin D. I always suggest for people to have their levels tested yes. if their doctors are willing to have their levels tested. You know, and what I've realized recently is that a lot of times doctors won't test it because they don't think insurance will cover it, but yes. they don't always share that piece of information. So if you're going to ask your doctor and he is hesitant or saying no, just offer to pay for it out of pocket yep. if, you know, if you have the funds. And that's exactly what I did. Really? I I paid out of pocket because they did not want they didn't want to cover. So and, um, and I was yeah, I'll pay 90 well, bucks. Yeah. You I know, really wanted and to you know. know what at West Health in is that Plymouth? Maybe West Health. You can walk into that lab and get it for $50. So oh, wow. Google West Health. Yes. Um, you know, and for our regular listeners out there, I just want to say you likely won't hear from Leah and I again until next year. Doesn't that sound weird That to is say? weird that this is the last uh, show before Christmas. Yeah. So as 2011 comes to a close and as we prepare to ring in that new year, my wish, Leah's wish for all of you is great health. And yes. for those of you blessed with great health, say your thank yous every day for that precious asset. But for those of you struggling with any type of chronic health condition, I hope you make it your New Year's resolution to get healthier, Yes, just as Leah did back in 2003. And Leah, any success tips to share with our listeners as we part today? I do. I do. Yes. Um, and I know my first tip is a little biased, <laughs> That's okay. but it sure, it sure did wonders for me. It really, really did. Um, first, if you can come in for a nutritional consult at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, mm-hmm. or another great thing to do would be to sign up for our weight and wellness series. I learned a lot. I knew oh. a lot. I felt about, I, I felt like I was, you know, but on you the health bandwagon. So yes. many more dots in that class. On the health bandwagon for a long time. But taking that class, I learned a lot from, um, you know, I had Barb. Barb was a great instructor. Love Barb. Yes. So if you can take the weight and wellness series, um, that really helps with so many different health aspects. Mm-hmm. It's a program that I, I have to admit really worked for me. Or second, I, you you know, I found it extremely important to surround myself with people that have many of the same belief systems as I do when it comes to nutrition and exercise. Now, part of how I, you know, did that was I got the job at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, and I'm very fortunate to have a support net mm-hmm. at work. Um, and I, but of course, I know that's not feasible for all of our great listeners out there. Right. So, you know, maybe consider taking one of our classes um, with a friend. With a friend. 
Yes. Or form your own healthy support net. I think like if you found a group of friends where you can go for a walk every morning or get together a couple of times a week for, you know, tea and at eight o'clock on a Saturday morning, get together for tea. That would be great. Yeah. Yeah. It's really important to have that support net for maintaining, you know, those positive health changes for a lifetime. I agree. Great tips, Leah. Happy holidays, everyone. We'll talk to you in the new year. Thank you. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Statements made with respect to products have not been evaluated by the FDA.